Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. Our text for our sermon is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He did this when he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. He did this in accordance with the good purpose of his will and for the praise of his glorious grace, which he has graciously given us in the one he loves. In him we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in keeping with the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will in keeping with his good purpose, which he planned in Christ. This was to be carried out when the time had fully come, in order to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we've also obtained an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in keeping with the purpose of his will. He did this so that his glory would be praised as a result of us who were the first to hope in Christ. In him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and in him, when you also believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own possession so that his glory would be praised. This is the word of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today we get in the deep end of the pool. This is not the simple message, Jesus loves me, this I know, which is the gospel. This is the doctrine of predestination, which means if you're saved, it's because God planned for you to come to faith. God planned to keep you secure so that you would ultimately end up in heaven. He planned that before he said, let there be light. The problem is we have a sinful nature. And the sinful nature starts playing the but, 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 and misses the wonderful comfort. Men like John Calvin said, well, if God predestined us to be saved, then he must have predestined those who go to hell to go to hell. And that is not what scripture teaches. It teaches that God wants all people to be saved. We play the but, 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 but I have to make a decision for Christ. We play the but, why me and not my neighbor? But it's not fair. Ultimately, if God's going to be fair, we all go to hell. And the doctrine of predestination is pure gospel. But sadly, because it is pure gospel... When we grapple with it, the law is showing us where we still have bits of work righteousness. The good news of predestination means your salvation is 100% in God's hands and feels secure and safe. So today in our sermon, we will see, praise the Lord for your election or predestination. They're synonyms. He planned your salvation. He made sure you hear his word and he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So our text begins, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us. And the Greek here is like an, an onion. It's like three fences. And he starts at the center. And he says, within the boundaries of every spiritual blessing. God maybe hasn't blessed us with every material blessing. For some of us, for example, the material blessing of wealth would cause us to lose our salvation. Spiritual blessing. That's the package deal of all the things our soul needs for eternal life. And then he says, within the boundaries of the heavenly matters, the next layer of the onion, if you will. This is the throne of God. You have every spiritual blessing that comes from the throne of God, not man-made 
pretend to be spiritual blessings, that God has ruled over all creation from his realm to bless you. So we now got the two layers, but the ultimate layer there is within the boundaries of Christ. None of these blessings come to you without having Jesus Christ as a Savior. And the rest of today's sermon text is just explaining those three boundaries. So he gets right at it at verse 4. Insofar as he has elected us for himself within the boundaries of Christ, before the foundation of the universe, in order for us to be holy and blameless in his judgment, within the boundaries of love, by having predestined us for adoption as sons to him, or as his sons, again, through Jesus Christ. Wow! You could write an entire book on what the Apostle Paul just says. And when Peter says in his epistle, uh, Paul writes on some pretty hard to understand matters. It gets very hard to unpack this even in the Greek. But it's pure comfort. Think about that. He says that he elected you. That means he called you out of this sinful world. And he explains why ultimately to be holy and blameless in his judgment. You and I are not holy and blameless in and of ourselves. That only comes within the boundaries of the love of Christ who has suffered in our place and rose for us. So, if you're holy and blameless, you get heaven. You get the new heavens and the new earth. This is what it's all about. And when did he predestine you? Before the foundation of the universe. Before the God, the word said, let there be light. God had planned for you to be saved. Now we often start playing the but, 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 then why did God let Adam and Eve fall in the first place? And, and only God knows all that. God knows way more than you and I can handle in one second. But the answer he has that you need to know that he's revealed to you is, why did he let Adam and Eve fall? Because he planned to send a Savior. And for you, he planned to make sure that you would know and have faith in that Savior and be credited with his righteousness. Now, if God planned this out for you, he decided for you before he said, let there be light. <coughs> then today's text makes it clear that the damnable teaching that you must decide for God, that you must give your heart to Jesus, is disproven in our text. It is work righteousness. If God decided to make you His and put you in heaven before He said, let there be light, probably about 11,000 years ago, then truly who made a decision for who? God planned out your salvation. This is pure comfort, brothers and sisters in Christ, because it means everything is in God's hands. As I said, it's in the bag. And he, he does that within the boundaries of love. Not because you were so lovable. In God's eyes, you and I, without Christ, are not holy. It's simply because God is a loving God. By having predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ. It only comes through Christ. It's only within the boundaries of Christ. The faithful Muslim is going to hell, brothers and sisters in Christ. The faithful Buddhist is going to hell because they do not have their sins removed. It only comes through God having lived in your place and God having therefore credited you with his righteousness. And he explains that, verse 5, by having predestined us. And the word used for predestined is mark us out. Put a mark on this one is going to be saved having predestined us for adoptions as his son through Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. And we don't want to miss that. According to the good pleasure of his will. Not God predestined you because you deserved it. 
Not God predestined you because you were a little less sinful. A hundred years ago here in America, one of the great controversies in Lutheranism was waged. There was a group of people. They would later form the ALC, which is now the ELCA. This group of people taught that God predestined you in view of seeing that you would come to faith. Now, they missed what faith is. Faith is God's Holy Spirit living in your heart. So God predestined you in view of the fact that He would put His Holy Spirit in your heart? No. Predestination is that God is going to put His Holy Spirit in your heart. Period. It's according to the good pleasure of His will. Not that you would resist the gospel just a little less or that you were a little bit more lovable. The truth of the matter is no one deserves to be saved. But thank the Lord that because He is a gracious God, it was His will to make sure that you end up in heaven. Choosing you, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you and the fact that he makes sure that you are saved. So you're thankful for that. So that rules out the idea of like knowing that you are going to make your decision or resist the gospel less than others. Predestination means you resist the gospel just as much as somebody else, but God made sure his Holy Spirit would enter your heart so that you would stop resisting the good news of salvation in Christ. And that results for the praise of his glorious grace. Now, this is not God saying, I just want an ego trip and want people saying, oh, you're so great, you're so great. His grace, that's the gifts he receives to us who are, who are under, he gives to us who are undeserving. All of it for praise that he is simply a gracious, loving God giving what is undeserved. So why did God predestine you? Because he wanted you to get what you did not deserve. Which he gave us as an undeserved gift within the boundaries of the one who has been beloved. That's Jesus Christ. Again, right here you should hear John 3.16. He gave you faith so that you believe in Jesus. He gave Jesus for the world so that whoever believes in Jesus doesn't die but have eternal life. And he says in verse 7, within the boundaries of whom we continue having the release by ransom through his blood. This is how we get, as previously stated, that judgment of being blameless. It only comes within the boundaries of Jesus. When we became slaves to our own sinful nature, Jesus has ransomed us by removing our sin. In accordance with the abundance of his grace. Again, God has got this treasure house of grace and he just gives it out. The way the Apostle Paul keeps spelling this out is not that you and I did something to catch God's attention before he said, let there be light. It's that God simply picked you out of his grace. He's a kind, loving God. So, praise the Lord for your election. He planned your salvation. Jesus did the work of your salvation. God planned that that salvation would become yours. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have to know of salvation in order to receive salvation. As the Apostle Paul says, how can they believe unless they hear? He says that in Romans. So again, in verse 7, he says, talking about Jesus, in the boundaries of whom we continue having the release by ransom through his blood, namely that release of our trespasses in accordance with the abundance of his grace, which he caused to abound in us in the boundaries of all wisdom and understanding. Not the world's wisdom and understanding, which can deduce things wrong, but God's wisdom and understanding. You have to know God's wisdom and understanding. How do you get God's wisdom and understanding? Yes, we can study, we can study nature and find out how God makes things work. But if you want to know all of his wisdom, you've got to turn to the word. So he says in verse 9, by having made known to us the mystery of his will in accordance with his good pleasure, which he put forward publicly within the boundaries of Christ. 
It's a mystery. And the reason why it's a mystery is because there's only one place it's revealed. I can guess at God's law because he has wrote it in my conscience. There are certain things that you find in every society. There are certain ideas that murder is wrong, rape is wrong, stealing is wrong. But even in a law, you can't get with precision until you turn to the word. But you will never hear in the world the idea that God became a man and 100% earned salvation for you and gave it to you. The natural religion of mankind is that you have to butter up God to get something from God. Not God simply chose to give you a wonderful gift. So it's a mystery because the only place you'll find it is in his word. You can't believe it unless you hear his word. Part of predestination is not just that God would take on human flesh and earn salvation for you, but he, who is the word, Jesus is the spokesman of the Trinity, would see to it that his word was recorded and see to it that that word came to you, that you would hear it. So he says in verse 10, For the administration of the fullness of the times to bring all things together within the boundaries of Christ, namely everything upon the heavens and everything upon the earth within the boundaries of Christ. Mouthful. Let me just apply it to you simply. What it means is God predestined. You need to hear the word to have the faith that he's going to give you. So he ruled over all time and history. Remember that within the boundaries of his heavenly throne. He ruled over time and history to make sure that you would hear the word. Now, there's two kinds of people who hear the word. There are those who are born to believers and there are those who are not born to believers. And, and in God's eyes, they both get grace. So in Paul's time, the ones who were born to believers were the Jews. So he says, applying that in verse 11, in the boundaries of him, Jesus, we, that would be the Jews, also were set aside by being predestined in accordance with the decision of him who continues working all things in accordance with the resolve of his will, in order that we, for the praise of his glory, be those who hope beforehand in the spirit of Christ. We had the word to look forward to the coming Messiah. Remember, Paul was killing Christians who trusted that the Messiah had come. And, and, and God had to convert him, but he was predestined and God did just that. So that that word would be shared. So applying this not just to the Jews who were supposed to shine with the glory of trusting in the coming Savior who had the word that he was coming. This also applies to us who were born to Christian parents. God made sure that we were born to them so we would grow up hearing the word that the word would shine forth in our life. Then there's the other group. These are the Gentiles who had not heard the word until the Jews who knew the Messiah had come came to them with the word. So he says to them in verse 13, in the sphere of him, that's Jesus, in the boundaries of him, you Gentiles also heard the word of truth, namely the good news of your salvation. The word for salvation here is rescue from destruction. The destruction is hell. So God not only predestined you to hear the word, the good news about the Savior, he predestined you to also share the word. If you were born to Christian parents who already had that word, as the Jews were, God had planned that in all history. If you were not, God planned in all history for you to have a friend or another relative who would come and share with you the word. So praise the Lord for your election, predestination, because he planned your salvation, and he made sure you would hear his word. But faith comes through hearing the word. And so we need to get faith in that message. So again, he says in verse 13, within the boundaries of him, you Gentiles also heard the word of truth, namely the good news of your salvation. Within the boundaries of him, you also believed and were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise, who is the down payment of our inheritance until the liberation of the possession for the praise of his glory. Later, in chapter 4, verses 30 through 31, the Apostle Paul will warn us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. 
So there is a law here that if we're going to embrace the sin, we can drive the Holy Spirit out of our heart. Guess who did that? King David. He was predestined. God sent the prophet Nathan. God called him back. So we don't use the gospel and the doctrine of predestination is pure gospel to, as an excuse to sin. Rather, we, when we hear the word, God predestined, and when we were baptized, God sealed that Holy Spirit in our heart so that we do believe the word that Jesus is true God who became true man. And with that, that Holy Spirit is the down payment of your inheritance. The inheritance is the new heavens and the new earth, the glorified body. How do you know if you're predestined? John Calvin applied to logic. Well, if you're rich, material possessions, then God has clearly predestined you. But you just never could be sure. That's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture says, are you coming to the Word? Have you been baptized? Faith is not something you feel. Faith is saying, I know that my Redeemer lives. Then you're predestined. Count on it. Don't use it as an excuse to sin. Use it to recognize even that God is holding you in his hands so that you don't screw it up. Now, here's why it's an important thing for you to know. As a pastor, I have served people who have got dementia and with diseases like Alzheimer's. Where Remember one lady, a very Christian lady, going to visit her in the nursing home was confused. And as I tried to direct her that she couldn't go out the emergency exit telling me to go to hell. She was confused. It was a comfort. Even if you are to lose your mind with something like dementia or go into a comatose state, your salvation does not depend on a decision you've made. God has predestined you. He's going to keep you there. I watched that dear old sister in Christ reach a point where she could no longer talk, where she could no longer function, was in a comatose state. But God sent a pastor to share the word of God with her and even comfort her in the last minutes as she took her last breath in this world and receive the inheritance of heaven. Praise the Lord for your election, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is God's promise to you saying, be comforted. All of your salvation is in my hands. I planned your salvation. I make sure you continue to hear the word as I made sure you did hear the word where I sealed my Holy Spirit in your heart who keeps you coming to that word and trusting in that word that my son took on your human flesh and has saved you. Therefore, the new heavens, the new earth are yours. Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.